This week's Pharmacy Magazine in Conversation with Podcast is sponsored by Aranix Sildenafil 50mg from Dr. Reddy's. Hello everyone and welcome to Pharmacy Magazine's In Conversation with Podcast. My name is Richard Thomas and in this episode I talk to Thorin Govind, community pharmacist, trainee lawyer and recently re-elected for a second term to the Royal Pharmaceutical Society's English Pharmacy Board. We played extracts of our conversation on a recent episode of the Talking Pharmacy podcast where Thorin spoke very personally about racial discrimination in pharmacy and society as a whole. Now you'll hear the full interview, and it's a really interesting listen. We talk about inclusion and diversity and mental health, issues that Thorin feels passionately about, and she speaks with real conviction and clarity about the perils and opportunities of social media and her hopes for the RPS. Will the Society's new five-year vision be enough to reverse declining membership? What about the ambition for pharmacy technicians to be associate members? Thorin, who is one of the profession's most effective advocates and ambassadors, also talks about professional recognition for pharmacists and where she sees the future for the profession. It's an excellent interview. Thorin doesn't pull any punches and speaks with great conviction throughout. Let's hear what she had to say. Welcome to the podcast, Thorin. Thanks for coming on. First of all, congratulations on your your re-election to the RPS English Pharmacy Board for a second term. How did you find the election in this most challenging of years? Thanks, Richard. Yeah, well, it was great to be re-elected. And, you know, I really appreciated the people who supported me and also just, you know, everyone who just voted and took the time to engage with the process. So um, I'm really appreciative of that. Um, it's been such a difficult year, hasn't it? Um, obviously, the election from last year was rolled over. So we've got, um, you know, a very, not a very new board, but we've got quite a, a few new board members. And it's going to be really exciting when we get going um, again, uh, when everyone, we have our next meeting. Um, so I think there's just so much to be grateful for at the moment as well um, in terms of, of where we are as a profession we're seeing more recognition for what we do um, and and I hope that that continues as well and um, there's lot, lots of work to continue to do but um, you know and I'm so appreciative of, of all the pharmacists and the pharmacy teams who've been working so hard and it's not just been over the last year. You know, over the last year, we might have been mentioned uh, much more. But this is ongoing effort by pharmacy teams and pharmacists. Um, and we can't forget that. So, yeah, I'm just really pleased um, with with the way things are going. And hopefully, you know, let's keep capitalising on that. Yeah, indeed. And talking of the election, I mean, these things are quite lively nowadays, aren't they? They, they get quite... Um interactive doesn't it on social media and um, positively and negatively how did you find that aspect of uh, of your campaign this year I mean I've been engaging um about pharmacy on social media for about 10 years now so uh, you know even before people were really using farm uh, social media to really promote pharmacy um so I, I I get used to to some sorts of behaviors but um I mean generally I didn't really find that there were many problems this year I think just generally with social media I try and use it in a positive manner to to you know engage with people and I try and listen to people and I try and find out about things that I don't know about because I don't know everything but it's a great opportunity to find out about aspects of pharmacy 
um, that I don't know about and to find out about people's experiences. So I try and use it in a really positive manner. You know, and over the years, yes, I have. I have had comments and, and, and people engaging with me in a, in a negative manner. And, you know, I was listening to your um, your podcast with Victoria Steele of, um, of, of Lloyd's and hearing some of the things that she's had to put up with. And I was really, really quite upset, you know, to hear of what the things that she's she's had to put up with via social media. And at the end of the day, we are all professionals. We've got a duty not just to act professionally, but to treat each other as human beings. And there is a human behind that screen and it can be easy for some people to forget that. Um, so I'd say, I mean, generally, I don't engage with anonymous accounts. Um, if I do, um, it might it could be because they are engaging with me in a positive manner or they're trying to ask information. But but generally, I don't engage with negativity from anon- anonymous accounts um, because I think you know who I am. So, you know, I should know who you are. And I appreciate that um, people may feel that they can't be truly honest uh, unless they're anonymous. Um but I think it depends on the nature. If you're just continually attacking someone, um, that's not really the right way to engage. Um, I mean, I've experienced where people have said that I support a differing view, which is completely the opposite to what my view is. Despite me having written articles and ha- having almost years and years of of stating a, a certain point and backing up my views with articles I've written, and yet still people say, oh, no, she doesn't agree with that. She supports this. And, you know, no, I, I know what I'm, you know, I think I'm someone who I know what I believe in. I know what my values are. Um, and my values are absolutely in line with what's best for pharmacists and pharmacy. Um, and, and, and that's what keeps me going, I think. Um, and there's also a quote, isn't there, a, a, a Teddy Roosevelt quote about, you know, being the, the, the person in the arena. So I think it's very easy to to shout from the sidelines and, and, and throw mud about how awful or rubbish people are without having actually experienced the position that they're in necessarily. Um, and, and, you know, I think you know, when I was elected to the RPS even, I think people were saying to me, oh, well, you know, why isn't there change immediately? But, but change takes time. And uh, I've been fan- it's been fantastic to have, you know, newer members. I've had younger members of the profession contact me and say, well, you did it. You know, tell me more about it. How can I get involved? Um, and that, that's what keeps me going, to be honest. So you're into your second term as an English pharmacy board member. You certainly know the ropes now at the society. And the RPS has a new five year strategy, of course. How much input did the national boards have into this strategy? So I was elected to the RPS Assembly um, a year ago. Um, and I think one of the difficulties that we have uh, with the RPS is that sometimes board members don't necessarily, aren't necessarily aware that obviously there, there is that other assembly um, and, and that has a more of a governance role. So things like fees, um, things like the Royal Charter, that's in the remit of the assembly. So I was really pleased to be um, elected to the assembly, uh, you know, and recognised by my peers on the board uh, for the work that I've, I've been doing and my engagement. So in terms of the uh, strategy, um, it was really important for me that we all felt included and that our voices were listened to with regards to the strategy. And we we went through those assembly meetings, um, really taking through each 
each one of the um, of the goals. So there's um, seven key strategic goals. Um, I won't go through all of them now, but you know, to me, some of the key ones for me, uh, one of them's you know creating a sense of belonging. Um, and, you know, championing an environment that everyone feels they can truly be themselves. Now, um, you know, I'm a mental health trustee. I speak a lot about mental health. Um, I'm also really passionate about the work that the RPS is doing about inclusion and diversity. So that's, you know, one of the, you know, there's a couple of goals there, but but that's one which is really close to my heart. Um, and also, um, you know, being at the heart of pharmacy and pharmaceutical sciences and other another goal uh, of our strategic goals and and I think you know and I say this all the time wherever there's a medicine there should be a pharmacist there wherever there's anything to do with medicines there should be a pharmacist there you know it's a non-negotiable for me that anything which requires the the expertise that we have you know and also more widely it's not just about the medicine on the shelf it's about who's developing those drugs as well um there's just such a pipeline of of a drug being discovered all the way to it getting to that patient um that we are absolutely crucial to um so that that's why that's probably you know another strategic goal um that's really close to my heart and also being essential um to professional practice so you know the rps needs to be you know needs to keep working on how it can be closer aligned with career development you know I want everyone to be a member of our professional body because we're stronger that way as a profession aren't we um and you know I'm not not saying that there isn't a lot of work to do but and and that you know that includes from the heart of the RPS but also I want members I want non-members to keep to keep telling us you know this is what you could do better I've got absolutely no problem with people saying right do you know about this? What can you do about it? Um, and, and that comes back to what I've been saying a little bit about social media. So I think people will, when it comes to election time, will go, oh, XYZ has done nothing. But then I say to them, but when did you ask about the thing that you're saying nothing's been done about? And I, and I don't get a response. And I just think, if you truly believe that there is a problem with something, you have a professional duty to, to ask the questions as well and you know we're all ambassadors for the profession we can all make this profession so much better um, and, and why wouldn't we want to yes and of course you don't have to take an interest in the society this is if you remember just a, a, around election time isn't it I mean you could be contacted I'm sure and happy to help members at any time with with these types of questions so yeah it, engagement of the membership as a whole uh incredibly important i mean with this this five-year strategy though do you think it's enough to reverse what appears to be a, an apparent decline in membership i mean i i can only speak for for what i've been a part of and yes i've been part of the society um for the last three years and and on an individual basis i have done as much as i can in terms of I have contacted well over 100 people and told them about mentoring. I'm really passionate about the mentoring scheme that the society has. I think it's absolutely fantastic because we know about the, you know, the isolation that people can sometimes feel. So I think that's a key offer by the society. So I'm by no means saying that it's not a fixed issue. We've got a lot of work to do, but I think we need to build on it and we need to build also at post election time there's a lot of candidates we had 26 candidates this year um 
and they were all engaged you know they all bothered to put themselves forward they all you know wrote their manifesto so they've they've all got key ideas regardless of whether they were elected or not they've got ideas which need to be listened to and so i think part of the process is also thinking about these people who bothered to you know bothered to stand put themselves forward um recognizing that and also that they had great ideas and some of those ideas we can't let those just dissolve into you know the atmosphere we've got to make sure that we harness them Yes, that that's a very good point. I mean, anybody who stands for for public office or represent, representational office, you know, deserves all our support and praise, really, because because it's not easy. And uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm sure they have got a heck of a lot to offer, uh, as you say, Thorin. Yeah. Um, now, some of the big recent talking points concerning the society, and we we you've mentioned this, would be its commitment to improving inclusion and diversity across the profession as well as within the organisation um, and also for seeking to bring pharmacy technicians into associate membership. So taking inclusion and diversity first, is the pace of change quick enough? I think the pace of change in society hasn't been quick enough. You know, it's still unacceptable that people are being discriminated for, you know, their, their the colour of their skin, the fact that you know that they're disabled that that they're female you know there's just and that's just three categories uh, you know which do not define an individual but people are still judged in their day-to-day lives on uh, and there are many more um and and it's not fair it's not fair that a pharmacist should be paid less because they're female and we know there is you know there's a gender a, a gender pay gap um and in fact one of the candidates standing for election talked about that so um so i think there's just so much to be done. Um, like how is it in 2021 that we're still seeing the behaviours in society? I'm just livid. I'm I'm angry because, you know, even growing up for myself, I remember when I was younger, um, I went on holiday and, and being shouted at for the, you know, for the colour of my skin and just you just sort of stood there thinking like, well, I can't change it. You know, it's just who I am. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm I'm lucky in a sense because I haven't really experienced that in such a such an overt manner as I've got older. But obviously there are microaggressions and, and, and um, you know, invisible where we don't necessarily see it. So, I think from from my own experiences, and and I'd say some of my other experience come come from some of the charity you know charity work that I've done, and you know being a trustee of a, me- a mental health charity, um, seeing how people are discriminated against because of you know mental health, um, and that's part of the reason that I'm so passionate as well that the RPS. Uh, you know, continues with this path now that we, you know, we're looking into well-being of pharmacists and we're looking at inclusion and diversity, because I don't think you can be an organisation and not, um, and I don't want it to be lip service. I absolutely would abhor it to be just, oh, let's just do it for the sake of doing it. No, it's got to be improving the lives of pharmacists and pharmacy teams, and 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 it has a trickle down effect as well because you know, we can impact where we can impact as a society. But but if we can tackle some of these problems, you know, that's hopefully going to trickle out to, our, you know, people who don't work in pharmacy. 
uh, our, our friends, our colleagues, you know, family. And, and it can have a wider societal impact, really. So, I mean, I mean, you can see I'm I'm really just quite angry about some of the some of this sort these sorts of behaviours, and and it absolutely needs to be be challenged. Yes, your your passion or your your anger, as you say, or, 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 and your conviction comes through really, really clearly there, Karen. Um and it's important, and and these things need to be said. Um, and so, what about pharmacy? technicians then uh, as associate members I mean a good idea are you would you be supportive of this so I absolutely support that um um the technicians need their own professional body with which focuses completely on their interests and pharmacists completely need uh you know someone focusing on their professional interests um in terms of the associate membership I think it's it's a way for us to have a link between the two I mean, what I haven't seen is is Aptop going to offer associate membership for pharmacists, or or does it at the moment? I have to admit, it's not something that I've particularly looked into. Um, so I think at the end of the day, ph- pharmacists do need do have differing needs from those of technicians, um, as technicians have different needs from pharmacists. But there probably will be some cohesion of some training aspects. Uh, one of the problems that I've encountered in my pharmacy practice is that I go into a pharmacy and it may be that, and there's, you know, there's differing levels of staff training. So it may be a way that the RPS and Aptop can work together to ensure that there's better training for pharmacists and pharmacy technicians um, so that when we get more services, particularly in community pharmacy, that they that, you know there's a better working relationship between the two um so for example for cpcs i always say whenever i'm speaking to anyone about this service i say yes you're the pharmacist and you need to know about this service but you need to make sure that your staff know about this service because for example if we're going to be taking on other services to do we need to know how to delegate and they need to understand also what is my pharmacist doing when they're looking at the BNF or what 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 are they actually thinking because it's not a simple task um and I think if we better understand each other's roles then we can work together uh, you know much more cohesively yes uh, it'll be interesting to see to see where this goes won't it that's a very good point about can pharmacists become associate members of APT UK um I don't actually know that that's a that's a question definitely something I'm going to go and check yes yeah yes me too uh but yeah uh, I guess nobody could really argue against if you like a kind of coming together of, of pharmacy technicians and pharmacists uh, because ultimately as far as medicines are concerned that's what results in optimum patient care isn't it I suppose the way of doing this um will be you know, debated and established going forward. But what you say there makes a, a lot of sense to me. Just to add, as I'm sure I will get quoted uh, incorrectly on social media, this is the definitive line from me, um, that pharmacy technicians should have their own professional body and pharmacists should have their own professional body, full stop. That could not be clearer. Surely that will be misquoted on social media. We can only hope. But uh, that's very, very clear, Thorin. 
Now, finally, um, you're known for your advocacy work on behalf of, of community pharmacy, and, and you do a, a tremendous amount promoting the enormous potential of the sector. Do you feel in your media work that the, the message is getting across to policymakers? I think we've come a long way. When I first started doing this over 10 years ago, um, and obviously I hadn't even qualified, I was still a pharmacy student. So, um, you know, talking to journalists, it was a bit like, well, what's pharmacy got to do with it? What's a pharmacist? You just work in a shop, don't you? And I'm not saying that <laughs> we're not still challenging that uh, rhetoric. But um, right now, I do feel we're in a stronger position, you know, than we've ever been, I think you know definitely communicating with journalists a lot a lot um a lot more appreciation for the work that we do um and I think you know over the years as well you know I always say when I started off I felt like I was like scrabbling at the doors of some journalists being like please can you just mention pharmacy and right now to be in a position where you know I'm getting you know where you're getting journalists come to you it's just a different scenario completely um I do think there's a lot of work to do, be done, uh, you know, h- higher up. Um, I think we're starting to see services. What I would say is, you know, even with MURs, there were some pharmacies who didn't do any MURs at all. So we have a duty as a profession to make sure that we we are doing the services that, that um, are available to us. But not just that. I think there has to be also be an appreciation for the services that we do. Um, and uh, I, I will always seek um, more appreciation for the work that we do because it's not easy. When, you know, standing up all day in a community pharmacy, um, uh, you know, breaks, that's a whole new issue, isn't it? You know, getting a break, which I'm so adamant pharmacists need to be, uh, you know, pharmacy teams need their rest because we can't function as human beings if we, if we don't have a rest. Um, so I think it's getting better. It will never be enough for me, so I'll keep going. Um, and also, you know, it's it's important for the society and, and for every single one of us. We are all ambassadors for the profession. So, you know, everything we do, whether it's, you know, tweeting on social media and saying, um, you know, about some of the services that we provide, obviously caveating that with, you know, let's make sure we're maintaining confidentiality. But there's ways of, you know, changing, don't post it on the same day, don't post it with the exact, uh, you know, the exact, uh, you know, if they're male, they're female, um, you know, you can, you can, you know, anonymize things. So we have a duty, I think, as, as a profession to keep shouting about what we do. And I really, you know, implore every single one of us to, to do that, because it's going to make sure that we continue to be offered, you know, offered these new services. Um, and also, you know, patients, they are still not quite sure of what we do. Um, I was on a mental health podcast the other week, and we were talking about what uh, pharmacists, uh, community pharmacists can offer in terms of mental health. Um, and then I had a tweet from somebody who said, Oh, wow, I didn't even know, you know, I didn't even know I could talk to my pharmacist about that. So it's just still we've got to get the message out there. Um, and, you know, people have been going online. People um, have been using digital services, digital pharmacies and, you know, delivery services. And there is just so much importance as well on face to face care. Um, and I think people will always 
want to be able to just run to their local pharmacy when they're not feet you know when they need some urgent advice and they want to see the pharmacist and they want to speak to the pharmacist so um I think we'll always have a place and it's about um, maintaining our place and also growing um growing what we do I think as well yes I mean work to be done but as you say pharmacy's profile is increasing definitely and I think this has been one of the, the positive kind of byproducts of the, the way that the sector's dealt with the pandemic really I mean there's been more press coverage of, of pharmacy and what pharmacists and pharmacy teams do in the last year than I think you know in the previous 15 years put together so definitely heading in the right direction I think the narrative is changing slowly um it's maybe not reaching all the policy makers yet or at least in England anyway but uh yeah, everybody's responsible for their own PR as well. You, you're absolutely right. Now, you're such a busy person. I mean, you're a you're a trainee lawyer as well as a pharmacist and you're an EPB member. Do you get any time to relax, Lauren? I think pharmacy is my relax. You know, I love talking about pharmacy. Um, and I think, you know, some people need, some people relax because they feel like they need to and I'm I'm just a bit like I like being busy I like keeping out of trouble um so um I think relaxing for me I go to the gym quite a lot that's my relaxing I'd probably do about at the moment probably about 10 gym classes a week so um just because I love them so things like Zumba um uh, Rhythm which is a, a class that they have at my gym which is um jumping up and down on your bike so I absolutely love that um so I mean over the last year uh, opportunities I would say to relax and do the things I also like doing like going to the theatre um haven't been um that forthcoming but um I'm hopeful might might get back to the to go to the theatre soon um I absolutely love that um and I I'm also looking forward to going to the pharmacy show this year which is obviously who needs a holiday when you can go to the pharmacy show (laughs) yes it's it's nice to see these things gradually coming back onto the the calendar again isn't it and um, my goodness 10 trips to the gym a week I mean I that's 95% of the listeners to this podcast are probably sitting very uncomfortably in their seats when they hear you say that um, but that's fantastic. Thorin, I keeps me out of trouble. It keeps you out of trouble just about uh, most of the time anyway. Look, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. It's always interesting to, to hear your views uh, and your passion and your energy. Um, it's wonderful. And thank you very much for coming on to the, the podcast. Thanks, Richard. Also, I was going to say, so amazingly, I think we first met in person, didn't we, at the <laughs> pharmacy show? I've still got a picture somewhere of me holding up, um, the pharmacy magazine and training matters. So I must yeah. have been, yeah, I'm trying to think when that was, but yeah, please, I still got that. Please don't tell somewhere. me how long ago. No, please don't <laughs> tell me how long ago that was. Um, we, we missed the pharmacy show. It's, it's, they're not, well, there are very few occasions other than the pharmacy show when the whole community pharmacy family gets together and it's a really important part of the fixture so yeah we we're all really looking forward to to october again and we can uh yeah we'll have another picture taken together shall we yeah sounds fantastic <laughs> brilliant see you there thoron 
My thanks there to Thorin Govin for a, a terrific interview. Uh, Thorin, one of our younger leaders in the profession, a bright talent with a big future. All the In Conversation with podcasts are available to download from the Pharmacy Magazine website and your usual podcast provider. The Talking Pharmacy podcast is back next week, but for now, thanks very much for listening.